Proverbs 910 Ministries podcast, No Trash, Just Truth. We're your hosts and co-founders of Proverbs 910 Ministries, Rose Spiller and Chris Paxson. Today, we're excited to have a special guest, Katie Cruz Smith, author of the children's book, Why Did You Choose Me? and a co-author of a new book called Mothers in Waiting. And besides being an author extraordinaire, Katie has also had the misfortune of being Mm. Chris's and my editor. She's edited both the book and study guide of No Half Truths Allowed, Understanding the Complete Gospel Message, and our new book, The Bible in Six, which is being released next winter. Yeah, misfortune's a good word for that. When we opened our first edit for No Half Truths, Katie had made over 8,000 revisions because somehow Rose and I missed the memo that there's now only one space after a period between sentences and not two. Right. Katie was not only invaluable in correcting our lousy punctuation and grammar, but she gave us feedback and sometimes pushback on some of our passages. Yeah, she did. Uh, She took the time to read our book, as any of you would, and she helped us fix things that a reader might find confusing, offensive, incomplete, or whatever. But today, Katie is not coming as an editor. She joins us as an author. Yeah, Katie is a freelance writer, journalist, and an editor. She's currently working on a companion devotional for her book, Why Did You Choose Me? She resides in upstate South Carolina with her husband and three adopted children. Her husband and her founded an orphan ministry in their former church. Katie also works as the marketing assistant for an adoption attorney. She's worked as a birth mother liaison, and she works closely with adopted family. So welcome, Katie. Thank you. Well, I will say, first of all, that I I really love both of y'all's books. Um, They were really challenging to me, and I I highly recommend both of those books be bought and read and shared with with Bible study groups and, and everything. They were great. Thank you so much. My, my husband and I always knew we wanted to adopt. Um, we worked in a church bus ministry before we were married and um, with first graders. And we, um, we, we knew that they were going home to situations that weren't the best, but there wasn't anything that we could do about it at the time. And so we talked and we said, you know, when we just felt like we had a loving, godly, safe home and that um, God wanted us to open our hearts to adoption. Hmm. Um, but we you know, we thought we would eventually have, we would have a biological child and then we would adopt and, you know, we'd just have a mixed family. But five years of trying to conceive, um, we did not have biological children. And we finally came to the realization that God had shut that door. And he really wanted our whole heart to be in the adoption. And, you know, so we got involved and we thought we were just going to go adopt a a child and and that was going to be our story. But when you get into the adoption world and you see the need and you see how, how many children there are, um, you learn how ignorant you are about adoption. There are over 130 million children in the world who do not have a family. Oh, my um, gosh. They might. Yeah, and that's just, those are just numbers that World Health Organization has released. Um, some people say there's actually over 150 million. Wow. And as, as we got more into it, we tried to adopt internationally, and God closed that door. We tried to adopt through foster care, and God closed that door, although we did eventually become foster parents. And we went down the path of domestic adoption, and all three of our children are from the same birth mother. Um, so we, we have that blessing of having siblings in our home. That's nice. Did you yeah. adopt all three at the same time? Actually, we got them all as babies. So oh, every couple wow. of years, we would get a phone call. We would start trying to figure out what our next adoption would look like and fill out the paperwork. And then we would get a phone call that a sibling was about to be born. So oh, Wow. 
And do you meet with the birth mother? Not all of our clients at my attorney's office do, but we actually had the blessing of meeting their birth mom, and I have a really good relationship with her, although they don't see her. We do send letters and pictures and, and keep those avenues of communication open so that one day, hopefully, they can reach out to their biological family. That's great. Hmm. And, you know, and as we were getting into it more and more, we saw that there was just such a, a deep need for the church to be involved in orphan care. And I think that there is this major gap now in the 21st century where the church has taken a step back and is involved with all of these great, wonderful programs that we're commanded to do in the Bible, but somehow orphan care has become pushed to the wayside. And even as we were trying to start our orphan ministry, we had a lot of pushback. I mean, it took us five years just to get some of things moved into place. And I even had one pastor say to me, you know, it is not our responsibility to take care of orphans. Oh, my gosh. And he said, it's our privilege, and we like to help when we can, but it's not the church's responsibility. And, you know, to him, I said, well, if it's not our responsibility, then whose responsibility is it? Yeah, that's exactly right. How many children do you have in your orphan ministry? Um, Well, we were actually still in the early stages, so we didn't actually have any. We were reaching out to our community, the foster homes in our community, and to the the children's homes Mm -hmm. um, around here. So there's so many children right now in the foster care system, and even in a lot of the children's homes that we visited and helped in, the children had given up on finding a forever family, and they just were waiting to be old enough to be out on their own. Hmm. Uh, And a, a child should never, ever feel like nobody wants me. No. What age does a, a child usually just give up? I think the average age was probably around 13 and 14 years old. Wow. That's a long time. Because, yeah. they real And they realize, hey, I'm not a cute baby. I'm not a toddler. You know, I don't have any special things about me. So nobody's going to take me. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to love me. And, you know, and so we we were really hurting for the children around the world, you know. And so I say to people who, who are so adamant that international adoption is the only way or foster care is the only way, if you're taking in a child, you're, you're, you're already reducing by just one. And if you have room for just one at your table, then you're doing something. That's a great way and to look at it. This is a crisis in the world that hmm. we, we as a church need to step up and take care of. We've been adopted as sons and daughters of God. So why are we not sharing that with the world? Right. Hmm. Why do you think the church has gone away from it? Why do you think they don't want to be involved in it? Well, I think for one thing, there's a lot of red tape. The government, once the government starts getting involved. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine that. The government, (laughs) that nobody wants to have their hands tied with the government. Yeah. You know, but, and it used to be that it was all the church and the church did all of this stuff. So as the government put restrictions on the borders of international travel and all of that stuff, and then even adopting here, like to adopt domestically here in the States is averaged between thirty to $50,000. Oh, my goodness. And that's not from the attorney or the agency charging exorbitant fees. Actually, our attorney's fees are quite low. It comes from the home study fees and the court fees and the post-placement fees and the matching fees and all these fees that go along Mm. with everything are ridiculous hurdles that you have to jump through to bring a child into your home. So the average middle-class family can't even afford to do it. No. Right. But my response to that is, didn't God provide for the Israelites when they needed him? He brought manna from heaven. 
He set a raven to feed Elijah. That's he true. always has provided in amazing ways. And so can our, can that same God not provide 30000 to $50,000 if he wants a child in your home? Very true. You know, to me, it's an action of unbelief. If you are closing the door because of finances, then you are not living out the belief that you say that God is in control. And for us, we didn't have any money either. We are, we are just your average family, and we struggle too. And God provided in an amazing way. Our third adoption is the adoption that I say that God paid for completely <laughs> because she was unplanned, unexpected. We had no money saved up for her at all and no means of getting her. And I told my husband, because we were getting a lot of pushback in getting a third child when we had two others, and I had a boy and a girl, and everybody said, the perfect family, right? And Mm. with the third child, they said, I said, the only way I know this is of God is if he pays for it. Mm. And he paid, we didn't pay a dime. Wow. And it it, it just, it came in from unexpected places. Can you give an example? Well, for one, my book. It got started because I was looking for grants and loans and that kind of thing. And there was a contest, an essay contest that they did annually. I don't don't think they do it anymore, but it was opposed to adoptive couples. And it said, if your child comes to you one day and says, why did you choose me? What will you say? Hmm. And I wrote an essay like I was like I was talking to my unborn child and I won a thousand dollars. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And it was just something I found on Pinterest. So, you know, and then we had a yard sale and people just came to the yard sale and didn't buy anything. And I think we got over $1,200 just from the yard sale. Oh, my goodness. You know, so there's different ways. We won grants that we wouldn't normally have won. And our strangers were were sending us money online. They heard our story and they they sent us money. And they didn't know. They just wanted to be a part of adoption. Wow. Mm. I didn't know there were grants for adoption. And I bet a lot of people don't know that. Actually, that's part of my job at our attorney's office. I actually research grants and find grants and loans and talk to our couples about ways that they can fund their adoption. So if anybody wants to reach out to me and ask me questions about that, they can, you know, talk to me through my website or uh, katiecruzsmith.com or find me on Facebook at katiecruzsmith author. I am happy to help people walk. That's wonderful. Because that, it's another long paperwork journey. Yeah. I'm sure. and, and just for informative purposes, do you put that money out all at once or is it kind of in stages? No, and I actually recommend if you work with an agency or an attorney who's demanding that money up front, run away. Okay. Because they haven't done their job yet, and there's something going to happen there. Wow, that's Um, interesting. Because adoptions, they get disrupted a lot. Birth mom can change her mind up until after she's had the baby and signed the relinquishment. So you can put out money trying to help a birth mom, and you won't see that money again. So an attorney who cares about you or an agency who really cares about you will only ask for chunks at a time. Okay. Hmm, Interesting. That's good to know. And that's how we pay along the way. Very good to know. And I think, like, the church could really help alleviate this burden for adoptive couples. You know, not everybody is called to adopt. And I can understand and appreciate that. But there is a lot of people who are holding those purse strings pretty tight. And they are not helping alleviate some of this bur- this financial burden. There's travel miles that can be shared. There's Airbnbs because you have to go, even in, the con- in our country, like we adopted out of state. And we had to stay in another state for 10 days. Right. And somebody graciously let us stay at their cabin. But a lot of people end up paying a lot of money out just to have accommodations while hmm. they're waiting for the mission to leave the state with the baby. Katie, is there any website or any Facebook page or anything where people can link up to find out about places that might be willing to, 
you know, host them for 10 days or a week or whatever they might be in their area. Are there any resources like that? I don't think so. I think like um, certain agencies might have contacts within their state right. that they can reach out to. A lot of times I encourage people to join adoption groups on Facebook because a lot of times adoptive families will help each other out, you know, right. to re- alleviate that. And there are some places, some hospitals will let the adoptive couple stay for a little while hmm. um, in the hospital with the baby. And there are some hotels near those hospitals that will actually give discounts if you're there for an adoption. Hmm. So generally your agency or your attorney's office should have a list of resources that you can go to for that. Right. And it never hurts to ask, I'm sure. So So what do you think a ministry in the church would look like? And and the one you and your husband were starting, what did you envision it being and, and what did it end up being? First of all, we wanted to get more people in the church to know what adoption is. Um, It's actually quite quite shocking the number of inappropriate questions that are asked. It's not from a a place of ugliness or that they hate adoption. It's just people don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And so just informing people. And and a lot of people don't even know, like you said, they don't know their grants out there. A lot of people shut the door because they see that $30,000 to $50,000 cost. That's not for me. You're buying a baby. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. (laughs) And that's not what it is. It's terrible. It is terrible. And I mean, there are wicked agencies out there that are selling babies, but that's not the general population. You know, this is done legally and binding and the birth mothers are are taken care of and loved on and, and we do the best we can. I really have a heart for the birth moms. A lot of them are in really hard places themselves. A number of them came through foster care themselves and they just it's just a cycle Mm. and we need to end that cycle we need to offer as a church there should be resources for the birth moms just taking Mm. a birth mom and having a place for her to live will cut the cost for the adoptive couple wow because a lot of that is the couple's responsibility to provide housing utilities clothing food all of that stuff during her pregnancy burden for the adoptive couple okay I didn't know that they had to pay for that, so that's good to know. Each state is different. Some states have a cap, and some states don't allow it at all. But Mm. the majority of states will say, yes, during the pregnancy, because basically you're you're trying to take care of the baby. You want to make sure the baby is healthy. And a lot of couples are responsible for some of the postpartum as well. Hmm. So usually about six to eight weeks postpartum is normal to try to help them. But if we had the church coming alongside these ladies, they need counseling because the adopted couple walks away with the baby. Right. And that's kind of the end of that. And right. suddenly they might find themselves out on the street again or they mm. don't have. So they need resources on getting themselves back on their feet. Right. And finding a job and working through the loss of a child because they've gotten to a point where they felt like they had to give up their baby. Right. Hmm. So that's what I was hoping for us to get to eventually, that we were working with the adoption triad, you know, helping the adoptive couple and alleviate some of their expenses, but also helping the birth moms and help them to get on their feet and move forward. Right. So that's what the focus of the ministry was that you were hoping for. Right. So did that grant program, is that what prompted you to write your book? Why did you choose me? It is. It just kind of started my thought process about there's not there were a lot of adoption books out there that my children were liking. My older mm-hmm. two were um, really into, you know, they they didn't relate to them. A lot of them are about animals, you know, and they just didn't relate to it. They just wanted a real book about what they were going through and the questions that they were asking. Mm. And 
so I was actually working in the garden with my friend Sarah Strickling Jones, and she is an artist. She's a fabulous artist. And she said, why don't I illustrate it for you? And we'll try to put this book together and sell it and raise money for your adoption. That's great. And we wanted to, we thought that was a great idea, but then there's a lot, when you try to find a publisher, it was going to actually cost us a lot of money to publish it. So I said, okay, well, this, that kind of defeated the purpose of putting the book together. So I shelved it. It sat in my closet for a while and gathered dust for about four years, actually. And then Mr. Sam Lowry. Um, we love Dr. Lowry. Yeah, we do. <laughs> he's the he's the best. He is the best. <laughs> he's such a gentle Irishman. He just sat sat down with me one day and said, "I I think you do have a story to tell because this is your personal story." My youngest, because the book was specifically written for her adoption, she's illustrated in the book. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's my little African-American girl in the book. Hmm. But the other two, like all of the scenarios are things that my kids actually do, um, mm-hmm. shockingly. And <laughs> they're all questions, they're questions that came from them, you know. Great. Especially my 12-year-old. She's She's gotten to that very inquisitive age. But back when she was like six, seven years old, she started asking me, why do I look different? Why? And we've always talked adoption with her. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always made it just... It's their story. You want them to know their story and embrace it and know how much they're loved by their birth mom who chose life for them. She was actually encouraged to abort all three of them. Wow. And stood up and said, I fight for life. I'm fighting for these babies. And she did. And we love her so much. And she she made me a mom. And yeah. I, I want the kids to love her too. You know, one of the things about adoption that people don't understand, I, I get people say to me a lot how blessed the kids are that I I got them, that I loved them. And I just want to say, no, I'm the one who's blessed because having these three children was God's answer to me Mm -hmm. when I pleaded with him to become a mom. And he said he makes the barren woman the joyous mother of children. And that's what he did for me. And it was his promise to me. And, you know, and I know like Mother's Day this month is just such a hard time for a lot of people. There's other moms out there who are struggling with fertility, women who want a baby so bad I mean, my arms ached for five years to hold a baby, mm-hmm. and I know what that feels like. And I know it's hard when you're going through the adoption process, and you, and it keeps disrupting, or it, or being a birth mom who has who finds herself in a place where she has to say goodbye to her baby and, and give that baby to somebody else to be a mom. You know, there's heartache and loss in adoption as well because one family is broken to create another one. Yeah, and yeah. I I just want to encourage moms out there that God is faithful. And he's right there beside us, and he knows our hearts, and he knows our hurts, and he knows our pain. And life was never supposed to be this way. It's because of sin in the world, and it's just a reminder to us how much we need our Savior. And he's adopted us, and he takes off our filthy rags, and he wipes off our tears, and he puts on the royalty robes, and he says, you're mine. You're precious. You're you're my son or daughter. And so my heart aches for those who are going through the process because I've been there. Then that leads in. Why don't you tell about your new book, Mothers in Waiting? Well, I just have one chapter in that book. So there's about 30 women in that book. All of us have a story of fertility and becoming a mom and our faith journey. It's all Christian women who have come through and seen God fulfill his promises in unique ways. Wow. That sounds great. Whether that was through fertility. So it's a blessing. And actually, I'm giving away a copy of that book on my website right now. And for our listeners, they can go on your website to enter? 
Yes, it's katiecruzsmith.com. Okay. Uh, okay, and you'll you can see Katie's name how to spell it if you look at the podcast logo. You'll see her name, and you'll know it's just her name dot com. Try to keep it simple. <laughs> that's always best. Simple is good. Yes. Simple is good. Yes. Oh, well, that, that's a fabulous story, and I'm excited about both your books, really. Yeah, me too. I have a copy of Why Did You Choose Me, and it is, it is beautifully illustrated. Now that I know it's actually your personal story, it's all the more precious. Is Mothers in Waiting oh, yeah. out already, or is it, yes. is it published and out already and people can buy it? Yes, it's already out. It came out last year. Okay. It came out Mother's Day last year. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're just trying to get the word out there about it because with the COVID-19, a lot of the speaking engagements were canceled. So okay. uh, we just want people to know. And if you don't win a copy, both of Katie's books are available on Ambassador International, correct? Just Why Did You Choose Me? Okay. They're both available yeah. on Amazon? Yes. And I'm Amazon. guessing all the other major book platforms? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Katie, thanks so much for joining us. And Thank you. Thanks to all of you guys for tuning in. We hope you've gotten educated like Chris and I have. Right. We learned a lot today about adoption. We did. Like we said, if you would like to contact Katie, you can visit her website, katiecruzsmith.com. You can also follow her on Facebook at Katie Cruz Smith Author or on Twitter at Author KTC Smith. Yeah. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Katie.